Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope. Chris Sasser along with Troy Peverall, and today we have two friends uh, Tim Heath and Josh Childress. We had a great conversation with these guys last time. They are pastors in uh, Chincapin and Jacksonville, North Carolina. They are doing great ministry and have been for a number of different years in some great and, and different type of communities that can sometimes be be a little bit difficult to pastor in. And Troy, what you've uh, wanted to do for a long time here on A Voice of Hope is to bring in some different voices from different communities. So talk a little bit about how you got connected to these guys and, uh, and your heart for bringing in other people uh, for us to talk to. So listen to these guys last episode, my dad kept coming to my mind, um, who was on our show a couple of years ago. And um, part of the reason why is because he's right now in a, in a different location in a, in a hospital and uh, was talking some, with somebody at the hospital. Um, and they know my dad already as Pastor Al. So he's going up and down the halls and he can't speak like he used to but he can communicate enough uh, about still being, and he's still being a, a voice of hope at 80 some years old, 84 years old. And just listening to these guys last week, how just reemphasizing the whole idea that all of us as God's kids, you know, have a places in life where we can truly make a difference and be a voice of hope about the gospel and telling the gospel and teaching the gospel and listening to their story and what they did together, two different you know, churches, two different pastors coming together and creating the ministry that they've done with others. Um, it's, it's an encouragement to me. So I'm a listener, especially when we have guests here. So it was very encouraging. Hey, Josh, why don't you start and tell everybody a little bit about you and the church you pastor in, and then we'll uh, move on to Tim and talk a little bit about what it is that you guys are doing together. Yeah, absolutely. Again, just thank you guys so much for the opportunity to, to be on A Voice of Hope and uh, just get a partner with you guys and uh, man, just what an incredible opportunity I've had over the past several years to pastor a church called Rhythm Church uh, here in Jacksonville, North Carolina. We're celebrating our third year anniversary in January, and uh, it's been one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life, planning a church, but it's been one of the most amazing things ever. And uh, just so so blessed to have the opportunity to, to lead people and, and introduce the, the gospel of Jesus to people who are far from God, and hopefully they'll be found and, and saved and get to know Him uh, even more. And so just incredibly thankful for uh, what God is doing in our community and what God's been doing um, just in the military area uh, and also in our local uh, local men and women who have called Jacksonville home for a long time. And so I've uh, been blessed uh, to be a part of it, blessed to call this place my hometown and uh, blessed to be able to lead people. Yeah, that's great. Well, Tim, what about you? Well, uh, again, I can't just express the thanks enough for uh, this outlet to be able to to get the story out of night in Bethlehem so that we can reach people. But um, as we, we served at Bethlehem, uh, we came here in 2016. And, and I, I reckon in a way of encouraging other pastors, uh, God has blessed Bethlehem Church uh, over the last seven years. We've seen a lot of souls saved. We've done a lot of baptisms. We've done a lot of those things. But it, it's I, I can't. I can't take the credit for that. It, it, it comes from God, but there's some good people here at this church. They labor. They're willing to get out there and, and, and do what they've got to do. And, and some pastors don't have that privilege. 
uh, to have people that will come alongside of them in the midst of a vision and, and some crazy ideas. And, and, and that is something I'm truly blessed here at Bethlehem over the last seven years. Uh, they, they put up with some of my crazy ideas and get involved in some of this stuff. And without that, there would not be a night in Bethlehem. There's no way I could do it by myself. And, and so I'm very thankful, very blessed to last seven years to experience this type of congregation that's willing to not only worship, but to work. And that makes a huge difference in a pastor's life. Tim, talk, talk about this crazy idea that I know you and, and Josh and a few other churches are a part of. It's called A Night in Bethlehem. Talk a little bit about the history and the vision behind it. And then I, I'm going to ask you to tell us some stories, some ways over the last couple of years that you've seen this have an impact on people's lives. Well, The Night in Bethlehem, uh, again, the, the, the vision of that came through a conversation that we had. And and, and again, just saying, why, why don't we do this? We can We can do this. And, and uh, just see it come to fruition and, and put come together. Uh, I can describe the scenes that we've got. We've got 10 huts out there that, that we built out of some scrap wood that we got from some loggers uh, that, that they cut off the edges of the trees when they cut them down. And that's what we've made our huts out of. That's where our different shops are going to be. We've got pallets. We've collected pallets over and over and again to have enough pallets to make the fencing we're going to have live animals. We've got some live sheep. We've got some uh, live donkeys that's going to be on site. Um, we've also got some other uh, not real sheep, but they, they look pretty real. Uh, we got from a, a theater in Goldsboro. They heard that we were doing this, and they donated us these uh, stage sets. And two of them are actually, they move. And, and uh, so those are some of the things that have taken place in order to have Night Bethlehem. And, and, and the first year that we did this, this was not, in our meetings, this was not in our, well, this, let's do this, 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 this just happened. We were, I have a tax collector. And uh, when you come in and you register, that's one of the way we, we register folks that come in and, and they've got to go and, and get registered and we give them money to pay their taxes. The, our government don't do that, but we, we give them the money to, to pay their taxes. So they go to the tax collector and, and he shares a little bit about it and he has a box. Well, sometime during the night, somebody, stole the tax collector's box and, uh, we had guards roman soldiers walking around in roman soldiers outfits and stuff and that turned into an investigation and what happened is one of our soldiers he started using that as an opportunity to talk to people and out of that prompt to it just it just happened he was able to talk to a lot of folks about jesus that he wouldn't have talked to otherwise because he was investigating the theft of the taxes. And uh, that that's just one of those things that happened. You couldn't plan it. We couldn't have scripted it. It just happened, and God used it. <laughs> that is fantastic. We, we still talk about that. We laugh about it. But um, those are some of the things that happens just uh, generically, just, uh, just out of the grassroots effort of what we're doing. Well, that's great. So, Josh, you and your church have just recently gotten involved with this. So tell us how that went down. Yeah, so just through through family. Um, so uh, one of our elders, the son, uh, is actually Tim's son-in-law. And uh, so just through connections and through meeting with people and, uh, and just through doing life together, uh, we've heard about it and um, shared a little bit of this, but I'll share it again. And from the get-go of our church, from when we planted in January 3rd, 2021, I always wanted to be a church that collaborated with churches. Uh, just truthfully, just in my time in ministry, I've seen church become a competition. 
where no, you should go to my church. No, you go to that. Like, and then really you like divide families and you divide, you know, relationships that have been going on for generations because you go to the church down the street, but I go to the church up the street. And so one of the things I wanted to teach people from the very, very get go is we're not going to be a church of competition. We're going to be a church of collaboration. Uh, that we're going to be a church that works with churches to build the kingdom of God. Um, and just especially with us being a, a church plant, we're a mobile church. We meet in a local high school, um, set up and tear down every Sunday. So the opportunity to do certain things like this is not in, in we're not capable of doing it right now. And uh, so hopefully one day we could do something like this and even make, you know, this a bigger thing in the future. But for us, we just see it as an opportunity to teach our people and to teach the people of our church that, I mean, God is calling us to do so much more than just, you know, simply you know, serving in specific areas. Like, why don't we partner with the church? Well, actually, why don't we partner with multiple churches and show that the kingdom of God is is so strong, so unified, uh, and so collaboration oriented uh, that we get to do something like this? And so I'm thankful for Tim's vision. I'm thankful for this church's vision to, to get the story out there, to teach and tell the story of Jesus and his birth. And uh, for us, it's just a credible opportunity to teach our, especially young men and women, one, how to serve. Like, it was incredible. We had a, a day, a Saturday, where we're building the huts and building the sets where uh, we got, you know, generations. We have older men and younger men who are carrying cut-up logs and carrying roofs and, you know, screwing roofs in together and, and boards and all the above and just serving together. You got police officers and farmers. You got pastors and, uh, you know, crop people and all the above. You just got all these different diverse cultures uh, in one area serving the kingdom of God to tell the story of Jesus's birth. And that's just so incredible for us. And like I said, we just couldn't wait. We, I just, I got the phone call. Hey, is this something we'd want to do? And I couldn't say yes fast enough. That is a beautiful picture. Troy, before we go to break, what are you thinking as you listen to these guys? I just, <clears throat> we, probably, we may get into some of this after the break, but just the whole idea of how they're participating together um, from but but they have their own ministry church you know over here and what that actually does to the bigger picture of the bigger church and their ability to collaborate um, is impressive <clears throat> and I remember one of the things when I came to Wilmington I kept hearing a lot of I'd just meet pastors that were, had come to the city and not you know just landed a church plant and they would say I'd hear like God called me here to start a church <clears throat> I can't tell you how many men I met that God called to Wilmington area to start a church. And I just said, is this just the thing to say? Or is God really calling all these people? You know, it's like, what's going on in Wilmington? Well, now I've watched over all these years, I'm going, this place is flooding full of people and growing incredibly. So yeah, God knew what he was doing, although I had no clue. Um, But when I looked at and visited some of these churches, one of the, the most impressive things that I had seen was a local pastor Every Sunday made it a part of his uh, just order of worship that he was going to pick one church and pray for that specific church um, that morning with his congregation. And I that impressed me. I'd never heard any pastor ever do that in 40 years of just being in around ministry. And um, and it was a heart. It was heartfelt, too. And I just thought this is good. He sees the importance beyond his scope of vision with his specific ministry God's called him to. And I just think that's, that's powerful. Yeah, I agree. That is really powerful. We're going to talk about that and a lot more things. When we come back from the break, you are listening to a voice of hope. Hey, thanks for listening to a voice. 
Network, a nonprofit listener supported podcast where we encourage our listeners to share their stories as we encourage ours. Life's hard and we get it, but we believe that God uses every kind of person's life to bring about his goals. When we share what God is doing in our lives in simple ways with others, it is inspiring hope and maybe even some positive change. You could have this conversation between your host or co-host in person along with your guests or navigate online where you'll find our nonprofit resources page on Well, hello and welcome back to A Voice of Hope. Chris and Troy here along with Josh and Tim, a couple of pastors who are working together on a joint project in eastern North Carolina. And guys, we've been talking about this idea of people kind of putting aside their denominational or theological differences in order to collaborate. And Tim, I'd love to hear a little bit from you because uh, this is a beautiful thing. And you've obviously been doing stuff like this for a long time, being in ministry for 37 years and doing this in a number of different ways. I'd love to hear from you a couple things. Number one is what do you see as some of the barriers for churches doing this? And then number two, like what what are some of really the the beautiful things that come out of uh, situations when churches actually lean into this? Well, over the years, one of the most difficult things I have found trying to get churches together is breaking the barrier of ownership. Uh, that is a, a huge barrier to get crossed. And, and and the question that I answered for myself years ago, and, and that I think our pastors need to ask themselves over and over, whose kingdom are you building? Are you building your kingdom or are you building God's kingdom? If you're building your kingdom, then you're going to be isolated. You're not going to want to cross barriers. You're not going to want to go across the street. Then we're going to have four churches on each corner of the street doing the same ministry when we can come together and do it more effectively. Um, so, so that question, whose kingdom are you building? And, and I answered that a long time ago for me. I'm not building Tim's kingdom, Bethlehem's kingdom. I'm trying to build God's kingdom here on earth to take as many people to heaven with me as I possibly can. That is the question that I answered. And that is a question that it's hard to get pastors to truthfully answer. They may say the words, yeah, I want to build God's kingdom. But then you say, well, let's join hands to do so-and-so. Well, who's going to get the credit? Who's, whose name is going to be top billing? I don't care who gets the top billing. God gets the billing. He gets the recognition. So so in doing, that's one of the biggest things that I've had to overcome in my ministry of working together. I've I've done crusades. I've worked with doing different concerts and doing different things to try to bring churches together. And that is the one barrier, that uh, that ownership barrier. Um, Rest of the the stuff, the personalities, I can get around, but that, if we get past that, we can do something. And, and and that's where here we have got the opportunity not to reinvent the wheel. Uh, we have a local church that's doing Celebrate Recovery. 
we provide them resources. Why start one here when there's already one going? We have churches that have food banks. There's no need of us doing a food bank here. We, we can we can supply them with resources and help them with their ministry and, and, and help them build it to go to the next step. So, so we reach out to those churches that already got stuff going and help them keep it going or maybe move it to the next level. There's no need in us coming along and trying to come in behind them and redo what they're doing. And, and so that, in essence, is the build up to trying to bring people into Night Bethlehem. Uh, we've offered to all of the churches that we could think of here in this area uh, to come in and be a part. Um, it's an open invitation, and I'm thankful that churches like Rhythm and Brother Josh and other churches have taken up that invitation. And um, so hopefully next year, maybe we'll have even more. Tim, my guess is that just, you know, I haven't known you that long, but just you modeling what it means to be able to build God's kingdom and not your own kingdom and be able to not have such tight ownership has really bled out onto the people in the other churches around you. Josh, what about you? How do you see this? What are some barriers that you see and what have been some really good, some some positives uh, in doing this for you? I think Pastor Tim said it just perfectly. It is that ownership block. And I think that's something that a lot of leaders and pastors kind of butt heads in when at the end of the day, like you said, whose kingdom are you building? I had a high school football coach. His name is Chip Williams. And he used to tell us every year, he said, we're not here to build your kingdom as an individual, as a player. And you're not here to build my kingdom as your coach. We're here to build the kingdom of God. My job is to help you get to heaven. Your job is to help me get there too. And and so that's the main purpose. And so what an incredible opportunity it is to to teach people that. And that's something that I don't I don't know what has happened over the past couple of years, maybe decade, but you just don't see it often where pastors are willing to say, I don't need to be up front right now. Let's go help. Let's go partner. Let's go share. Let's go guide. Let's go be together. Let's resource. And uh and so it's so refreshing to get the opportunity uh and to also teach, you know, our church that like, hey, this is this is us going to help another church. This is us going to partner, collaborate, and to extend the kingdom of heaven. That's what we're going out here to do. And so it is a barrier, but it's also uh, something when you acknowledge it and see it can become a teaching tool, which can ultimately become a benefit. Now you're teaching people that it's not to just simply not be selfish. You know, I was taught early on the opposite of love is not hate, it's selfishness. And so mm -hmm. I want us to especially teach people not to be selfish, but to just go out and serve and be willing to serve um, and to willing to go out and share the gospel. That's the purpose of why we exist is to share the gospel, to get it to every man, woman and child, to teach them the goodness and graciousness of God. And uh, so I do. I think it's that ownership block. But I also would say another barrier would be um, just simply willingness. Like it's so. Sometimes you just have people who aren't willing to go out and do it. You know, you're standing out in the cold. You're standing out, you know, in a costume that is probably itchy or uncomfortable or wearing a wig that you don't want to wear. But so to teach people, and I love, like Pastor Tim has said, and you kind of mentioned it too, Chris, I love the opportunity to lead from the front. And so that's why you know, I shared earlier, me and my wife, we're signed up. Hey, on December 15th, the, the Joseph and Mary with the child of Jesus, that'll be me and my wife, Amy, and our son, Dallas. And so it's leading from the front, not just simply talking the talk, but walking the walk. And so sometimes that can be a little bit of a barrier when you're trying to get people to step in and serve and have them like, hey, we're, we're, we're going to go partner with another church. I think everybody's always willing to do something for their church. 
what are they willing to do it for another church? So you have to step out and lead from the front and say, no, this is this is what we're going to do because this is what God's called us to do is to resource, to help, to partner with, to guide, to, to do life with uh, another church and another community and ultimately make our community stronger and more united. And so that, that can be a, a, a barrier, but it can be a benefit when it's done right and when you have a leader who's willing to step up and lead from the front. And so, again, I'm just I'm going off of what Pastor Tim is doing and, and, and taking their vision and being able to run with it. It's, it's clear. It's written out. It's ready to go. And so it's been uh, been easy for us to be able to lead our church and to, to just that willingness, willingness aspect um, and ultimately just the obedience to God to be able to serve him and serve him. Uh, well, and I think in, in our culture nowadays, it's, it's really often the, the need to control. And, you know, when we feel like we're the leader of an organization that, that we, we got to be able to lead, we got to be able to to do things better. We got to be able to make sure that we're sort of. Um, dictating the path. And it's just really beautiful for people to say, you know what, let's just, let's just be the body of Christ together. That that's what's most important in these situations instead of um, having to be a leader that feels like you have to hold on to control. You're hundred percent. I think you, you get those people who just, I want it my way. I want it to right. go the way I want it to go. And it's like, are you, is it going your way? Or is it going in God's way? Are we doing this the way God's called us to do it? Or we're we doing it the way that benefits you as an individual. And so uh, I think you're hundred percent right. That relinquish of control, because uh, sometimes you just got to say, hey, I'm just going to I'm going to start put up some boards. I'm going to put out some hot cocoa. I'm going to shake hands and, and love people and maybe do a little bit of evangelism and help them understand who Jesus is. All right, Tim. So give us details about all of that. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Uh, Facebook, for one, awesome. uh, go to Bethlehem FWB Church. It's a good place to start. There's a lot of information there Adding stuff every day. Um, you can also call me personally. You can send me a text. Uh, uh, my my phone number is on our website. I'll be glad to respond and and get you there. But uh, I just love the idea that we're able to work together uh, to get this story out and uh, come see us. Um, all but one night, I'll be doing Herod. I'm doing the character King Herod. I, all my folks want me to do King Herod. I'm not sure what that message is, but I have a good time. And we hope you come join us. And Tim, remind us what are the nights and what's the address. The night starts on December the 9th. That's a Saturday, uh, Sunday, December the 10th. And then uh, the next Friday, which would be the 15th, 16th, and 17th. Each night starts at 630. And we're located at 2106 Highway 111. And that is Chicopee, North Carolina. We're five miles from the Albert Ellis Airport. And uh, so we hope to see you. Okay, so before we go, both of you guys, what's one encouragement you want to give to anybody who's listening this Christmas season? Jesus loves you. Regardless of how broken you may be, how downtrodden you may be, Jesus truly, authentically loves you. And we want to get that message to you. So we say get the word out. And I have a little story with some context. I, I have a, a, an elderly lady who I met um, through doing some work in property management. Her name is Miss Corliss. And uh, when we started our church, she had made the comment, Josh, you just need to get the word out. And I was like, oh, absolutely. We're going to start an Instagram page, a Facebook page. We're going to make flyers. And she said, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. She said, your job is to get God's word out. And so even in this season, I, we all have a story to tell, and it's the story of Jesus. And if you're looking for a place to start to share the gospel, start with the birth and, and work your way through it. And uh, and so it's just an incredible season. You know, Tim, you mentioned earlier, you know, you've been in ministry for 38 years and you're always looking for what's what's new. What's something fresh to tell about the story of Jesus? And 
I think there's some people out there who maybe even never read it, maybe never opened, you know, Luke up and, and read through chapter one and all the details of it, or even in Matthew. Um, yeah, maybe that just would be a little bit of encouragement to you if you're looking for where your voice of hope can be. Maybe it's just simply through getting the word out and sharing God's word, especially uh, the story of Jesus in this season. That's great. Okay, so Troy, close us out in uh, this conversation with these guys. My mind can't uh, help but go to a specific place as I listen to these guys talking about the greatest story there is and um, that's life-changing for everyone. And I go to probably one of my favorite passages of the scripture in the highly priestly prayer the night before Jesus is, you know, is dies and and he goes to this place to pray with, with God, his father, and he's praying for his disciples. You know, those that have heard the story, those that have been taught the story. And, and he asked that, that they, the disciples and the people of God would be one so that the world would, would know him. And he was referencing like, God, as you and I are one, I pray that they would become one. The same message, the same story, reaching the world, because from being one, like this unity we share with other believers, without the competition, we are a greater voice for that story. And as a result of that, people come to know Jesus. So I see a direct a correlation between unity of the believers and people coming to Christ. And if we're a, a nation divided, if we're church divided, we hurt the gospel message to those that need it. So I, I, I'm so I'm so in awe watching what's happened over these two episodes because the greatest story and us talking about collaboration, they really they go hand in hand. Yeah, and you guys are, are are doing an amazing job of modeling what that looks like in the local church, and we really appreciate the chance to talk to you. Thank you. So if you want more information, go to the Facebook page, uh, Bethlehem Free Will Baptist. And, of course, if you want more information about A Voice to Hope, you can go to avoiceofhope.me, where we would love to interact with you there. So we hope you've enjoyed these uh, couple of conversations with these two great pastors, and we'll talk to you next time on A Voice of Hope. <laughs>